I would turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Brother Brian was due to be here tonight, but uh, uh, he has to go to the airport. He's got the dates wrong, so um, we'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. And we're going to read from verse 1. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Father, we just pray that you bless your word to our hearts tonight. Encourage us as we come around your word. Lord, we pray that you would unction us and anoint us, Lord, to uh, God, open our ears and, Lord, our hearts tonight. Give us understanding, Lord, by your Spirit, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, and with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but he that also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speak the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And we'll end the reading of God's word there tonight. I just want to share a few thoughts on the head and the function of the body. And this is by means, I believe, just to encourage us, um, particularly as we come together, as we meet as the, the church of Jesus Christ or the called out or the assembly of God, we are the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you tonight, everyone, uh, to know our place in that body and the function and the privilege that we have to function according to the gift and the grace of God that has been given unto us. I want to start uh, in the rightful place on speaking on headship, and that is looking at the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the head, he's the source by which the body, that's the church of Jesus Christ, we are 
all baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ and the whole function and source of that body is the head the source being Jesus Christ he's the living water so just to go through some verses to look at our head tonight um, Ephesians chapter 1 if you turn over and uh, we'll just look at some verses there we'll go also after Ephesians in the Colossians and uh, I just want us to focus tonight in the, our source uh, for the function of the body so in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 21 it tells us there that Jesus Christ is seated and he is far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church and the church is his body and it's the fullness of him that filleth all in all so here we see that the lord jesus christ is the head over all things to the church and everything is under his feet the amplified version reads it this way and he put all things in every realm in subjection under christ's feet and has appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in every believer in other words the source for every person who's saved tonight is jesus christ and he is above all things and everything is subject to him and is under him so our source to be rightly connected and to draw from him for our prayer gatherings our function as a body as a church christ is everything for that source and resource in ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23 uh, again the husband and wife is likened and brought forth as christ and the church in ephesians 5 and 23 it says for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body that he loved us and he gave himself for us and he is the source for everything that we need for this life for this purpose for our callings for every gift and for every life the source the source the sole source is the Lord Jesus Christ now there is a shift in evangelical circles charismatic circles Pentecostal circles there has been a subtle shift in recent years away from Christ being the source and the head the headship of Christ you have seen recent years and I've talked about it before but um, I'll talk about it again because it's important we see that there is a shift towards the the Pope as being the head of the church this has happened very subtly but it's happened rapidly and it has happened in not just on the fringes of the evangelical movement or the Pentecostal movement but it is becoming more and more mainstream now we have just read 
In Ephesians chapter 5, who's the head of the church? Jesus Christ is the head. Remember it tells us there in Ephesians 1 and 21 to 23, the Amplified Version said that he has been appointed as supreme and authoritative, over, authoritative head over all things in the church. Now, this may be common knowledge, but just to make it very clear, the Pope, or that word, the Pope, in Latin is Papa, in Greek is Papas, that's Father, and he is known as the Supreme Pontiff. It's from the Latin Pontifex, Pontifex Maximus, which is the greatest priest. I want to just tell you, we do have a great high priest. Amen. It's not the Pope. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's important. I know the shift is on. And there's so many things that you see now that, to be quite frank, is... It's so discouraging to see so many leaders acknowledging or bound to or embracing this idea that the Pope is the head of the church. He's known as the Bishop of Rome, the leader of the worldwide Catholic Church. <clears throat> Papal supremacy is a doctrine for us to know this might seem what's this to do with us I, I believe we do need to know these things papal supremacy is the doctrine of the roman catholic church that the pope enjoys by divine institution supreme full immediate and universal power in the cure of souls that's in the catechism of the roman catholic church i want to tell you tonight friends the head the supremacy the authority and the great priest of the church, the church, is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the source. He is our source. He is our living head. Christ is the head. The Bible says he's the saviour of the body. If you turn over to Colossians chapter 1, and I just want you to watch. <clears throat> the reason why I mentioned that is because there is a swell or there is a, a movement that's rapidly sweeping in and we just need to be aware of it. We just need to be, we need to have our eyes open. And leaders in the prosperity movement, which is not necessarily surprising, but leaders in the evangelical movement and particularly then in the whole uh, music industry, the Hillsongs movement, and I call it a movement, are flocking to buy to the Pope. Well, he's not our source. He needs saved. Christ is our source. And please, brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. Don't be caught up with the, with the swell and the persuasion and the attraction and everything that goes with that. The source for the church is Jesus Christ. And everything that we need for this journey, for this church, his church, collective across the world, the blood bought, is found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need not to look anywhere else in any other man, whether it be the Pope or any other man, our source, and he's more than enough, is Jesus Christ. Would you say amen? amen? He is enough. So in Colossians chapter 1, just following this thought, 
of Christ being the head again coming to God's word Colossians 1 and verse 17 tells us concerning the Lord that he is before all things and by him everything consists he's the head of the body that is the church of the called out who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things that's Jesus Christ he may have the preeminence everything consists by him everything consists by him in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 tells us this for in him that is the Lord Jesus Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and praise God we are complete in him and he is the head of all principality and he's the head of all power that's our source tonight he's the head of all principality and power so when we come to pray and we know we don't wrestle against the flesh and blood against principalities we're not coming from a point that we're subject to them we're coming from a point that our head has overcome them and they are subject to him so we're coming from a point of victory in the lord jesus christ not from defeat not that we're under him praise god our head this is the body our head is jesus and christ is overcome and he's victorious and we are drawn from the victory of calvary so that encourages when we pray that we're not coming as the subject but we're coming as the overcomers through christ that's the authority we have in him tonight in colossians 2 and verse 19 says that not holding the head from which all the head this is what this is the source right the head from which all the body that's everyone and every part of the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered are knitted together and then what happens they increase with the increase of God so every person that's saved in this room the purpose of our gathering and drawn from the source which is our head Jesus Christ is being nourished by the Holy Spirit the nourishment that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit through the sharing of God's Word the fellowshipping together the Holy Spirit moving in our midst then every part this is the purpose of God this is the purpose of our gathering that every part that's saved then receives nourishment from the Holy Spirit bringing all the fullness of Christ and what he has done for us and nourishing our spiritual man that we become strong and are encouraged in our faith God wants you to be nourished and to have the nourishment that comes from the, the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit not only that we're nourished but then there's an increase in our lives God wants us to grow God wants us to mature God wants us to step out from where we are he wants us to go beyond and go the next step in our Christian faith he wants us to grow up and he wants us to grow in the knowledge of him and to be nourished with him and so the Amplified puts it this way that we are to hold fast to the head of the body Jesus Christ from whom the entire body supplied knit together by its joints and ligaments grows with growth that can come only from God the only way we're going to grow 
The only way we can grow is from Him. We can't grow any other way. Not, not activity, but just the nourishment of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, bringing the reality of Christ into our meetings, our gatherings, and beginning to strengthen the body. We want to be strong spiritually. We want to grow in the knowledge of Christ. We want to know the strength that is in the inner man of being renewed in our mind. We want to draw from our head, which is Christ, the source of everything of what we need. And the purpose of this is not for a select few in the body, but the purpose of this is for absolutely every joint, every person that's saved in this room, in the body of Christ, the purpose is that we all grow in the knowledge of Christ. So the supply for growth and the function of that body comes from our head, and our head is Jesus. And the head has an immeasurable storehouse. It's called the riches of his glory, that he would desire the Spirit of God to feed us. There is no limit to the riches of Christ the immeasurable riches of his glory that he has attained for us through the cross. There is no limitation in the storehouse in heaven. There is an, an, a limited supply of resource for the church of Jesus Christ. And oh, how we need to tap into the resource of heaven. How we need, and this is the purpose of God. We're reading what God desires to do with us. But, you know, if you just think about it, it is like an enormous cloud and you're standing underneath it. And that cloud is all the resources of what you need for your life and actually could I say, and even more, because it's exceedingly abundantly more than we can think or ask. That's what it says. So what he desires to do with us is to give us an understanding of the unlimited resources of heaven that's in the person of Christ our head and by the Holy Spirit, because we're his body, we're connected. We're not just floating around like a headless body. We have a head, and his name is Jesus. And the resources of all of that, the riches of his glory, to be bestowed upon the body of Christ for the purpose of his glory, but that we would fulfill everything that he has for us in this life. How many times do we fall short of seeing the riches of what is available to us in Christ to live this life. So the purpose of God is that we're connected to the head and we draw from the source. In this verse that we often quote, in so many contexts is so true, but in this context, I believe it's the most accurate. In Philippians 4 and 19, my God shall supply, what does it say? All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How much, how many needs, the great need that there is in this hour, a great need in the church, the great need amongst families, the great need amongst individuals, the great need that in ourselves we know we don't have the resource, you know, of our own strength. We don't have the abilities for what God has laid before us for the things that he has blessed us with, for the tasks that are in our, in our lives as a people, as a church, as individuals, as families, as callings, as giftings, and so forth. In ourselves, we don't have the resource to accomplish that. 
But the Bible says here, Paul says, my God, he will supply all your need. Everything that we need will be supplied according not to us or our activity or our own strength, but according to the riches of Christ and glory. Everything of what he's attained through the cross for us tonight is available that God would desire to pour out the riches of his glory into our lives, that we would do what he's asked us to do, and that we would do it not in our strength, because we know our strength fails. We know our abilities fail. We know our talents fail. We know we do become weary. We do become tired. We do sometimes lose sight of the goal. But everything of what we need for this call, this life, this race, is all in the person, our head, which is Jesus Christ. And he said, here's his word, I'll supply all your needs according to the riches in Jesus Christ. So him being our head, then we have a responsibility. In our reading in Ephesians chapter 4, if you go back to that, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, then it says these words, Ephesians 4 and 7, but unto every one of us, but unto every one of us, that's everyone who's saved in this room. That's who Paul's writing to. Unto every person who's saved in this room. Now listen carefully. This is personal. This is individual. This is not just a, a broader thing said, the collective church. This is said to the individual. So every person in this room, I want you, I'm stressing it because it's important. You must listen to what Paul's saying. Unto every one of us is given grace. Thank God for his grace. So here's the key in this. Grace is not something that we've earned. So it's not something that we have done ourselves. Not something that we have achieved. It's not, something, it's not speaking of something of skill or talent because we all have different talents and skills. But that's not something that we're talking. Every one of us then is given grace. So here is God giving to you. This is the individual. Everyone God has given you, right? Has given grace according to the measure, or that word means the portion of the gift of Christ. This is, this is actually amazing because this is, do you know what, what do you call them when they come to Christmas? They, they do them things years ago, but I've never done them. I, you don't know what I'm talking about either. Um, the secret Santa, is that the one where you have to buy the present for someone and they don't know what's from you type of thing? And so like, is this, this individualized present that I'm going to buy for Lydia? And it has to be specific to her, what she would like. Well, this is, and a completely, maybe that's a poor example. <laughs> maybe that's pretty weird, but listen. Here is an individualized gift that Christ has for you. It's for you alone. It's for Paul. It's for Ben. It's for Anna. It's for me, Isaac. It's for Clive. It's for Trish. It's for Elner. It's for Johnny. It's individualized for you. It's the grace of God. And here's the grace of God. I will give you a measure. And this is for you. This is unique to you. 
Now I'm going to come to something in a minute before you go off on that thought too far. But it's a measure or portion of the gift of Christ. The gift of Christ is what Christ himself on the cross, when he died and he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, that's the context, and he gave gifts to men. He gave gifts to men. And here he is in the resources of the wonderful work of the cross. That now by the grace of God, that every person that comes into the body of Christ, being born of the Spirit of God, individually, Christ would give them a measure. Doesn't it say every one of us? It doesn't say some of us. It says every one of us has received a portion or a gift. Now you didn't earn this. This is the greatness of God. This is Jesus saying, here is Lydia, here is James. And by the grace of God, he doesn't deserve it. She doesn't deserve this. But I have a call on your life. I have a purpose for your life. And I buy everything of what I've attained on the cross. By the grace, I am going to give it to James. And James, you receive this by faith. And you operate in that by faith. And everything of what I plan for your life, you can only do this as you draw on the source and the riches of my glory. So we don't want to miss this. Because this is unique and this is wonderful. But I'm going to come to something important. It's not earned. It's the grace. And so it goes on to say there, Wherefore, he says, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now there are many gifts. There are many callings. There are offices that are mentioned in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you flick into that for a second, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll find three sets within that context, diversities and differences. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, Paul writes, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but there's the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but they're the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations. So we see gifts, administrations, and we see operations. But it's the same God that worketh all in all. When we understand the broadness of this now, that in itself would require different studies on the gifts and the functions and the on the offices, on the on those things that are given into the church, but in a broader context, when we understand that every person, by the grace of God, has been given a measure. Every person, not just some, but every person. But every calling and every gifting can only operate within the context of a body, no matter what that calling is. No matter where it's a pastor, where it's an evangelist, whether it's a prophet, whether it's a gift, whether it's a talent, whether it's a, a service and some, it can only operate if there's a body. Can this arm operate without the rest of me? If the arm was disconnected and all you were standing looking at tonight was an arm, can it work? 
It's the same way spiritually. There is no gift or calling can function fully to the purpose of what God has purposed it unless it's in the context of the body. What's the body? The body is the church that called out. So when God calls, when God purposes, and when God gives that gift, what's crucial about that is that it functions within the context of a body. In other words, if there's just a leg up here tonight, and if it's only a leg, then the leg doesn't function without a body. The arm doesn't function without it. The head doesn't function. It must have a body. But a body it does have. And that's the body of Christ. So then every one of us have a part to play in that. In Ephesians 4 and verse 15, this is what it says. But speak the truth. But speaking the truth in love. That we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, every joint, remember every one of us, and now it says every joint, supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. It makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we have the head, we have the body, we have it fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, every joint, would you say every joint? Every joint joint supplies. This isn't talking about finances, that may be a part of it, but it's talking about something so much more than that. You see, What's crucial, brothers and sisters, is when we come together as a body, what's crucial for us is that you function. We come to pray. What's crucial is that you function in the body, that you supply. Let me ask you this question. How many of us, how many of us have ever been in a prayer meeting You've either come in with a concern, maybe something in your heart, something, maybe a discouragement, but you've come to a prayer meeting, you're probably not feeling like you're going to pray. You've sat in a prayer meeting and then someone prays a prayer and by them praying that prayer, you felt a great encouragement. Anyone ever experienced that? Half of us. Well, you should, everyone should have experienced it. Because the whole function of that in a body, the whole function of that is the encouragement that comes when the saints pray. Let me tell you something. This is not in any I encourage everyone who does pray, keep praying. Don't stop praying, keep praying. But what I want to encourage is for those that Maybe you're quieter, and it's okay to be quieter. That's not what I mean. But you have, by the grace of God, been given a measure. And see what God has given you. Let me tell you something. It's vital for this body. Listen to me. It's vital for this body. 
Well, it might only be a few words. I'm going to tell you something. Those few words are enough. Amen. I may not be able to get the words out the way I'd like it. Just do it from your heart. It's okay. It'll be enough. Amen. Because God has the function, and maybe I'll preach this a few times to get it working. But you're important in the body. Jesus has individualized you saved you personally and by his grace given to you a measure for you to function in that to supply this body and when you do let me tell you something first of all because it's to god our father is delighted and jesus our savior gives us a greater measure of the holy spirit what happens then it begins to flow the river the fight it begins to flow and wells are filled up and lives begin to function just because we're walking in obedience to God's word and we're functioning the way God wants us to do it. Well, I don't feel, I know, but it's not on how we feel. But it's only me, I don't have, I don't do this. Listen, you are absolutely crucial. I can tell you something, in this hand, if I lost my wee finger, I'd know all about it. In my foot, if I lost my wee toe, my big toe's going to know all about it. My whole body's going to know. It's vital Now we have a full working body. Isn't that right? I mean, most, I think everybody here is fully functioning, all fingers and toes. I don't want you to count your toes. I don't want to know afterwards. Don't take your shoe off and say, I'm missing three toes. But I think everybody has all their toes and all their fingers, all their digits, ears, everything else. But can you imagine if we were in an unfortunate position where part of our body wasn't functioning? We never think of that, sure we don't. But we want to see spiritually a fully functioning body. The Spirit of God flows from the head, the anointing of God, and we begin to function as a body drawn from the source, and the source is Jesus. How much he wants to open those windows of heaven and pour out his spirit through this body. If we would take the step of faith, it does take faith. Sometimes it might be in fear and trembling. I do understand that. I know that it can be difficult. I know initially we feel like it. I don't like the sound of your own voice. All those battles that people really do have. But I want to encourage you. Just press through those battles. Press through those fears. Trust God. And not just on a one night only thing. I come out once a year. I pray once a year. And that's me back in again. But we got as a body to press through this. And encourage one another. And I want everyone to encourage each other. To function. And to come out. To believe God and to pray. And trust God. May God fill this church. May we grow. You know, I know we always, I always meet people, many of you got going. I never counted. I found out who does count the other day. Somebody told me many was out on Sunday when we were asked. I'm really interested in that growth, except that their souls saved. But to grow as a body, to grow as Christians, to grow as members, to grow in Christ and the knowledge of Him, that's crucial. That's the growth that's important. So as we come to pray tonight, I just want to encourage us all. You know, you can just start off to thank the Lord. 
What a place to start, just to come with thanksgiving, thanking him, bringing these requests to him. And let's believe God together, encourage one another in prayer that God would undertake for us and fill his body with all the riches of heaven. Friends, there's so much more in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we just ask in your name that you would take these few words and Lord, that you would use them tonight to encourage every one of us, every one of us that are in your body, born of your spirit. Lord, would you encourage us tonight from the youngest to the oldest, male, female, whatever our status may have been as far as education and everything else, Lord. Lord, it's the measure that you've given to every one of us. Lord, would you encourage us tonight as we come to pray? Or may we just even begin by filling this house with a thanksgiving and a praise for what you've done. Lord, it's personal, it's individual. But Lord, may we fill this house, Lord, with the people that are truly thankful. And we open our hearts and we lift our voices and we're not ashamed to thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We just pray that every joint and every member would be so filled with the fullness of Christ that we would burst over, Lord. Lord, in this house would be full with your glory and we glorify your name in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen.